Welcome back to Stories Out of Time and Space. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and as always, I am joined by Julian Darius, and today is going to get gory. Um, <laughs> Julian, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm, uh, you know, cutting myself to, to make guns grow, as one does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's this going to be a fun conversation. This is going to be an interesting one. Uh, yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, today we are talking about uh, Tokyo, I'm just going to bring it up, so Tokyo Gore Police from 2008. Um, this is um, a Japanese um, horror action, sci-fi amalgamation um, by uh, Yoshihiro uh, Nishimura, uh, written by Kengo Kaji and... Um, a bunch of others that you know I'm not even gonna try and pronounce but various Japanese names. Various Japanese names <laughs> of people that did contributed to this that have all clearly sat down and either watched David Cronenberg, Paul Verhoeven, mm. or Sam Raimi <laughs> is all I can say. Yeah, there's there's a I, I there's certainly a lot of the Verhoeven with the ads. Yeah the, the fake TV ads. That's great. I love mm. that stuff. And uh yeah, that definitely the Cronenberg. I mean, this out Cronenberg's Cronenberg. Oh, uh, yeah. There's some amazing. You know, if you think... Doug one. No, if you think you know, like uh, the body horror of um, Videodrome is bad, you know, this is like let's start there. Yeah, yeah. That's the bottom. That's like the jumping on point. Like <laughs> <laughs> the fly with you know, 1985. The fly is a jumping on point, and we're gonna get up from there. Um, yeah, everybody's seen that. There's no sense repeating that, and no sense ratcheting up. You know, let's let's go for it. Yeah, um, I'm I'm just gonna read the read the IMDb thing to cover off the thing on this because I want to get into the plot because the plot <laughs> is, is such as it is such as it is. Yeah, in future Tokyo, a young woman in the privatized police force tracks down her father's killer while battling against mutant rebels known as engineers, and it's uh, these engineers are fueled by and this is the, we're going to get into mm. it because that that is the plot and i want to talk about the, the main character ruka uh and, and all the others but like when it's revealed and I'm, you know, spoilers for for anything that makes any sense in this the the these engineers have this like tumor uh in them that sort of allows them to to generate bio engineered weapons from wounds and stuff and some of it is really good some of it less good but the mm -hmm. fact that the, the the main villain of this is given to it by a demon at the gates of hell uh wearing a smoking jacket and stuff and then comes back oh, with that's it right yeah and i'm like that that whole piece i was like that's 
that's like the the flashback near the end where yeah, yeah. And I know we're starting there, but that's irrelevant because the rest of the plot doesn't give a fuck about the 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 uh, no. what order anything happens in this film or what relevance it seems to have. Um, yeah. I, uh, what are your initial thoughts? What are your initial thoughts about Tokyo? <laughs> well, before we start, it's it's hard to it's hard to know where to start with something like this. Um, I think that I I had never seen this before. Um, I am a huge fan of uh, violent movies. Mm. I love, uh, you know, Tarantino and, and Richard Rodriguez, and you know, um, you know, I uh, adore this kind of stuff. Uh, I like violent movies. I like over the top violent movies, and I like and I like violent and weird foreign movies. Mm. Uh, and and Japan Japan specializes in a certain type of violent and weird movie that I really love. One of my favorite movies of all time is Suicide Circle, Suicide Club, depending on your translation, which this director worked on as a special effects guy. Um, and that movie is incoherent, <laughs> but it is so filled with brilliant ideas that, you know, it's one of my favorite movies ever. Um, and this is not one of my favorite movies ever, but I think, I think watching it, I started off really disliking it and thinking, Oh no, I can't believe like I'm only 20 minutes into this. I'm only <laughs> half an hour into it. And by the end, I am so utterly charmed. Like I really <laughs> like this movie. I think uh, I think you and I must have crossed. Me. There's a there's a point oh, at which because okay. I sort of went the other way where I started thinking uh, from the whole opening scene, I was like, I know what this is. I'm and I'm kind of like digging the the the, the low budget vibe and you are presented with a whole host of practical. One thing I'll say, regardless of what point of it, some of the practical effects in this film, um, some of them are fantastic. Some of them are absolutely um, brilliant. And others are just so over the top. They look rubbery, but they look rubbery on purpose. But there's some that are brilliant. Um, But no, I was kind of digging it from the start. I was like, oh, this is silly. And I know what it is. And then, and then it felt, by the end, I was a bit like, it's a one-note joke that mm. hasn't been refined enough to be a satire or a comedy, or and it just degenerates into nonsense by the end. I was a bit like, okay, I'm kind of, I'm kind of bored by the end. Mm. Um, but there's definitely, and there's definitely a, a, a tipping point where I'm just like, oh, all right, well, we're gonna have another. <laughs> badly edited, bad, badly edited sword fighting scene and lots of blood. All right, you know, in a strange location. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think early on, I sort of felt like, you know, these problems with budget and also with talent. I mean, like, okay, so clearly this does not have a big budget and it's shot relatively quickly, right? Um, but those problems with budget and tone really bothered me. Um, and this movie doesn't know exactly what tone to strike. And I'm not sure that it is totally fair to impose uh, Western tonal consistency on it as a work or some of these other uh, uh, works. Um, no, I think it know, is we... fair. I think that is fair because you and I have watched other Japanese films and other foreign films mm. that, that are consistent both tonally and other things. So, I, I, you know, I think it is fair because, you know, it, it, there are ways of balancing tone where you can have mm -hmm. incredible 
comedy mixed in with quite tense thrillers or science, you know, or sci-fi or whatever. But this one just sort of gives up. The to to, to nail the point, the, the one of the biggest problems I had with this film by the end is Ruka is the main character. So she's got this like tragic past of seeing, and I, I kind of th- thought this was kind of funny that you see mm. that her dad was murdered, and then you because by this assassin that is almost done like a comedy sketch where he's shot in front of all these protesters. Well, that's that's was what I was talking about about like tone. That early on, I'm like, okay, I get that she's supposed to have this this tragic past, but then when he's shot on stage, mm. you see his head split open like a melon with like the skin. Slivering out, and, 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 yeah, and it looks like a, a sort of Cronenberg shot, but it's like, is that a joke? Am I supposed to laugh about her dad dying? Um, and so, and who took that shot like right away? And then later on, you extend the shot and you see there's a guy standing right behind him on stage who, who shot him, and then his head also explodes. Yeah, there's so many exploding heads. Yeah, I think early on, I was just like. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So this is it. So when I was saying this, this is the problem I had with Ruka is mm. she's had this tragic past, right? She she witnesses her husband, my father, her father killed, um, and you don't know about the backstory of the main villain. Like you think at one point mm-hmm. it's you are shown, or it is you're intended to believe that the person who killed her father, um, is the person that she's after. Is it like this main villain? Mm-hmm. But then it turns out to be the son. So they have both the you know the offspring of someone who was killed on that day and actually they're both after the same person because the whole thing was a setup by this senior member in the police and so you got this whole conspiracy yeah so that's James all Gordon's the bad guy yeah yeah but this is the thing again like you know but it's a privatized police force so it should re- so OCP is the bad guy is what we're saying yeah um, but one thing about Ruka is they keep presenting her as this badass. And when mm-hmm. she is fighting stuff, like her her intro is they're fighting the guy with a chainsaw, and they've got the and I love what was this? I although they look a bit cheap and badly made, the uh, the uniform designs I love them all. I think they're great. I think they're they're inventive and fair play to them to try and do it on the budget they had. Um, but she's introduced by using a rocket launcher to propel her into the air. <laughs> To take, and I'm like, that's when I'm in. I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. I'm done. This is fantastic. I'm loving this. She's going to be like this, this, you know, this cruel. You know, she's been um, blunted and sort of made sort of like you know emotionless by all this tragedy and everything. And she's just mm. a killing machine now, and that's how she's presented. And then throughout the film, there's like set, then the scenes where she's like, she's really scared or she gets really mm. upset, and it's like she is a character is so massively inconsistent. There are scenes where I'm like, I'm not even sure this is supposed to be the same character. <laughs> like, it's clearly the same actress. Yeah. But I'm like, is, yeah, it, yeah. Is, is it the same character? Or is there, are we introduced by to a, she's like got a sister or something? Like, I was legit <laughs> sat there going, like, is this a new character? And I've missed a scene or something. Oh, no, it is the same character. Like, I don't get it. Um, yeah, it really, that, that got to me. It really bothered me by the, by the end of the film. Yeah, so, and that, that's fair. I mean, yeah. I, I have trouble keeping track of the characters anyway. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I, I think that makes total sense. Uh, I I think that for me, the I, I've seen a lot. We've both seen a lot of sort of silly, violent movies. Mm. For me, the propelling yourself up uh, with the bazooka 
is sort of like, okay, you know, like that might make more sense in Tank Girl, but we're not mm-hmm. quite in that world, right? Like, yes. why did she hold off? And then the fi- the chainsaw fight is really, I think it's one of the worst fights in the movie. Um, like chainsaws, I'm not sure like where the chainsaws are on his body. They're kind of like, you know, they're growing out, but we don't really know that yet. They're being cut off and they're flying into people's face. And I, and I like the special effects there, mm-hmm. but the timing is like so bizarre, right? It's so like Japanese, like, you know, she jumps in slice, you know, um, the guy swings, you cut to a shot of her. She swings. So clearly it's seconds later. Then you see the, you know, chainsaw goes flying and it's flying through the air and it spends like 10 seconds chewing through somebody's face while I guess the people fighting are just watching. I mean, you're not supposed to care or think about this stuff. You're not. One of the things that you're highlighting, because I agree, one of the things that you're highlighting there that really damages this film is the editing in this film is dreadful. Mm-hmm. This has some of the worst editing I have ever seen in a film. Like scenes go clearly go on too long, shots are too either too short or too too long. Like nothing is ever the right length. That I don't think there is a scene in this film that is the right length for what it's supposed to be, <laughs> and it's so bizarre. But you're right, that first fight is messy because the other thing is, um, I'm, I'm I'm probably going to mispronounce her name, but Ihishina, the the woman that plays Ruka, it feels like she hasn't got. Um, the sword skills to be able to perform certain things. Uh, and so they're having to edit around yeah. certain shots mm-hmm. and do certain things, which is fine. And I'm not saying that's still because other actors have got exactly the same thing. Unfortunately, they don't seem to know how to shoot and edit, edit around, around that. <laughs> so it, yeah. always, it, al- it always looks like she's sort of like just about to swing the sword and then swings the sword or all, you know, to swing it around or do something. Yeah. It always feels just like amateurish enough that it looks awkward rather mm-hmm. than, than cut together to feel paced or whatever. Um, and so I agree with that. The first fight does feel like a real mess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's true. I mean, I, I was sort of pretty dubious at that point. Mm. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I got more and more into it as time went on and was able to sort of more and more appreciate the sort of Richard Rodriguez, you know, over the top. You know, I, I like the ads. Not all mm-hmm. the ads hit, but I mean, it's got more ads probably per minute than Robocop does. Um, you know. I know. I agree. I mean, I it's got I, like I, maybe like six ads or something. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I think the, ad, I think the ads work um, pretty well. For the most, for the most part. part, I yeah. think I think they're, they're all very, you know, they're not, they're not um, polished. Yeah, they're not polished, and they are not, you know, uh, as if anything, you know, we said we're saying RoboCop. I'm actually thinking that first one. I was thinking Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. About being a citizen. And... Exactly. You know, yeah. join the join, join the join the privatized police and stuff. Well, um, there's that wonderful one where you're watching the police execute people, right? I mean, that right away you watch them committing execution of a prisoner. Yeah. Um, but then there's that one later on where they're just they brutally murder somebody, and then you play know, football with his head. They, yeah, they play football with his head, and then they like <laughs> high five a, a kid who's watching this and go like, "You could do this too. Join up." I thought that was great. You know, oh I, no, I mean, yeah, they they are a high point throughout. 
and I'm clear, it's clear they're having a, an absolute ball doing all the adverts and stuff. Because there's others, there's some of them are really like uh, the satire of some of the adverts is really quite like cutting and pun intended. Because you obviously see that the the Ruka is cutting herself mm-hmm. earlier on. She has this thing about you know, but again, it's not. It's never followed up. Like that's the only way she can feel or whatever. But later on, they actually have an advert where they're selling a cutting mm. implement, and, yeah, and uh, comes it cute, and it's all done with school kawaii, super kawaii. Yeah, and it's like you know, you can cut yourself. It comes in three different colors and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, uh-huh. and I was like, Jesus, this is really like, ooh, this this idea well, that's of- so Japanese, right? Like that yeah. is like we've we've taken this this first of all the sort of high suicide rate, you know. The, the sort of uh, perception, true or yeah. not, of, of the Japanese as messed up, right? Um, and then you combine that with kawaii culture and sort of making everything cute and, and the ultimate expression of yeah. those two. And I was like, so some of it, some of it's really on point and really good, mm. and then then others bits aren't. The the other bit you mentioned, Tank Girl, but it, and, mm. and it made but it made me think of Tank Girl, but it also made me think of. Uh, Cowboy Bebop actually crossed mm. my mind watching this film is the strange um, woman who gives orders as to sort of like the dispatch who's like the sort of sexy dispatch who sort of keeps giving mm. orders and peers throughout the film. And at that point, I was like, I think this was supposed to be an anime. I have this weird yeah. feeling as I was watching this going like, this would have worked better as an anime. And because you could do all this other stuff, and you, in these characters, this sensibility would seem probably seem better in animation. But that that woman irritated me by the end of the film. Where I was just like, "Oh, you just wind me up!" Like I, every time she's on, I was just like, "No, you you are rubbish, and you irritate me." Um, but yeah, I don't know what, that. What do you think of the uh, video game uh, sequence where you? Uh... Uh, where the family uh, takes revenge uh, that they've had a family member killed. I, that, I quite like that. With that the, that was a good like one as well. Wii controller, you use the the with a blade on the Wii. Controller yeah, to like slice up the you know. Well, the the two because again, what I thought was really interesting, the two that were really yeah, that was the other one that really blew me away, and I was like, oh Christ, they're really because it cuts to a picture of, the, of a girl that's not there with the family, and then also the girl, the picture of the girl smiles, <laughs> really like weirdly <laughs> animated. And I was like, "Oh, they—that's what I thought." I was like, "Oh, they are taking revenge for the murder of their sister and daughter." Like, yeah, but they're laughing about. <laughs> I love it that and, smile. Like, it's yeah. so over the top. Like, yeah, but but see, like by this point, I'm sold on the movie, and by this point, I like I'm so ready to forgive almost anything. Mm. Uh, I mean, except real prolonged boredom. Um, I'm I'm ready to forgive, like you know, characters being inconsistent. It doesn't like. At this point, the movie has just announced, like, nothing matters but these ideas, but these designs. Like, we're throwing shit at the wall. This is not a coherent universe. This is yeah. not, you know, this is well, a mess. And we're okay with that. Oh, yeah, mostly. I mean, I think the biggest problem is, like I say, because it's forcing you to follow a plot. If, if it is all nonsense, and I'm, I'm fine, as you say, I'm fine with all nonsense at times and going all out. But it keeps dragging us back. And the fact that it's nonsense, but then tries to keep maintain this kind of convoluted plot about the engineers um, and um, this corruption or this other stuff. 
and how these how these things work. Um, it's it's kind of like look, be one or the other. Simplify the whole plot and just focus on that, or try and have this complicated, this co- rather complex and layered plot. And I'm happy for you to have either or both, but at least make one of them really good. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think what's good here is the imaginative kind of design work and stuff. I yes. Mean, the whole concept of the engineers is dumb as hell. Yes. I mean, yeah. You know, it's kind of cool in that animated in that anime way of like, OK, they've got a growth inside them that resembles a key. You know, OK, you find out it's, you know, from the demon, you know, yeah. like, OK, all that stuff is terrible. Um, and so that's also because that's important to this universe. Early on, I'm like okay, this is bad, you know? But by the end, I'm like, right, they haven't talked about that key, you know, almost at all. It's been used in the, you know, it's mostly used in very uh, Videodrome shots of Mm -hmm. holes, keyholes opening in people's flesh so you can put this into them and watch their body transform in horrifying ways, which is so amazingly brilliant. I love, it's, it's so disturbing. It doesn't make any sense. No, it's you know those growths don't also open holes in your skin to receive that. I mean, none of this makes sense, but it's so it's so I, Cronenberg. I think yeah, that that idea was definitely Cronenberg, and I was like that that as well. I was thinking that's and the, the other thing I'll, I'll get onto is about Cronenberg, but the, that's the thing. The the inconsistency in this is almost the humor as well. We've talked about the Verhoeven style adverts that are really pushing and quite you know on point. And I'm really I'm, yeah I'm on board with most of those adverts. Like the Harry the one with the Harry Carey one, where it's like basically trying to describe a work life balance, but going like you know Harry Carey suicide. Don't do it over work. You're worth more than that. And I'm like wow, this is really fascinating to me to know you know to in there's a bit of a glimpse into the satire of japanese culture um but then you've got her tooling around in that ridiculous car that someone clearly thought was funny to have that japanese style roof with the with the 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 dragons and stuff on it and i'm like this i like that i hated it every time it was on every time it was on screen it really really bothered me i was like this is a dumb idea this is a one-note joke yeah, that that it keeps coming back, and I was like, "This is not working for me at all." When it was gory and when it's dark, when this film hits dark humor or dark mm. ideas, I'm all in. I mean, the 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 best scene to me um, is is possibly one of the most graphic, but in in, in this film mm. is graphic in in a number of ways. <laughs> now, are we are we going to do this? Are we going to talk about those? I mean, the scene for me. I'm talking about the, well, the scene to me that starts, and I, what I want to say is, so I watched it on my laptop um, yesterday as I was watching this, and I was watching it in the living room, and then Ellie, my daughter, came in and sat down with her <laughs> tablet, and I was constantly trying to, I had my headphones on, so she couldn't hear or see anything, but I was at one point, she was like, what are you watching? And I was like, nothing that you will ever watch in your life. <laughs> um but the scene in the nightclub where she sort of tracks back and you have these three women that have had body augmentations done and one of them, and they've got numbers on and you obviously you pick the number and then you can go and have, mm. they're basically prostitutes or they're sort of, you know, they're basically, but they've had body augmentations and the first one, and this That's is pretty brilliant. Oh, this whole it's scene. Not done I, I, well so far, but yeah, it's pretty brilliant. But one of the things I was, I was kind of, you said about the baseline, right? We say about the baseline of this film being higher than most films are going to are going to reach. 
the first one that you introduced to is a woman and she's had her breasts basically cut off and then st- badly stitched up at the front. Like that's the first one. What are those stitches? Like, I love that design. What yeah. are those stitches made of? No like, idea. They look like, like yeah. teeth. Like yeah, it, it's really and it's like shoelaces or something. Like it's, it, no, it's yeah. real. I love that design. And this is what I'm saying. And the practical effects are brilliant. Like really, really well done. But it then goes up from there that like, then they have one. Um, uh, what's the second one? She's got like a big no, like a nose extension, all this other sort of weird stuff. Like, okay, that's oh, yeah, um, it's it's the sort of like uh, I'm gonna <laughs> reveal to them the classic thing of like the the dildo for the nose, yes. right? Uh, the the strap on, yeah, yeah. And she has a couple of other things. And then the third one is like really like again the imagination. She comes out and she has a snail shell attached to her back. And covering her nipples on her breasts. But w- the thing that blew me is she then has perspex like tubes from her eye sockets about several inches elevated from her face. And they have extracted her eyeballs and they are now at the end of these perspex, clear mm. perspex tubes. So you can she can see and her eyeballs are out on these stalks, but you can see the uh, the the sort of like the the nerve that runs back into the head. And that legit made me uncomfortable, but I thought it was the, the... <laughs> no. Seriously, I was like, "This is really like bothering me." But mm. I thought the design and the imagination and the the effects—they're not perfect, no. but it looks good. It just, yeah, they've really tried. Yeah. And again, where you, you know, they're elevated to this, and then a guy picks one of these prostitutes, and then um, she, she well, I say obviously. He sits in a chair and then she is about to go. She she's about to go. Well, she goes down on him and he then is rips. performing oral sex. Yeah, yeah. And then she rips his penis off and well, spits it out across the room. And I was just and like, she oh. bites his penis off, causing a Tarantino Kill Bill. You know, every time anyone is cut, there's this yes. massive Kill Bill like spray of you know, uh, over the top. You know, so but his penis is spraying blood. Yes, yeah. severed penis. And there's a close-up shot of her with his member in his, I mean, and she spits it out on the floor and you see it. I mean, it shows you. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I mean, kudos for that. Oh, yeah. This film is not holding back. Like, this is a legit, like, the, the, you know, in the sense of, like, grindhouse, full on. Oh, yeah. Like, this this wants to, uh, this film is trying to shock and slightly, uh, not slightly, and offend people. And it's not going to hold back. And I re- applaud it for that. I agree. I love those elements. Uh, yeah. And that scene, it's not only that, but then uh, she, he is fleeing her and he has lost, uh, he's lost his hand and she, he's basically killed her, but she regrows her lower body as like her alligator jaws. Yeah. Like, you know, alligator jaws, one, the upper and bottom are the left and right. Uh, and she's crawling down that way. I mean, that I love that design. I was just like, oh my god, this is amazing. This and this is where like over the it, top he he kills her by taking his gun arm that's been severed, shoving it in, which is going to her genitalia. Yeah, yeah. by shoving it through the into the alligator, and then re- grabbing the nerve with his <laughs> other hand and pulling it, which is I mean, so over the top, and then. He's saved, and you soon see him 
with a prehensile enormous penis. Well, just just to just to highlight because this is the whole yeah. thing about the engineers. So one of the people that you are introduced to is the main villain of the piece, which you actually begin to believe is the killer of Ruka's father, but isn't. It was this is the son of the guy who killed Ruka's father and all this other stuff. And these engineers, it's like a tumor that looks shaped like a key, and when it's put into you, any wound that you have it could be a fatal wound or anything then becomes um a uh like a bio yeah like a biological weapon of some kind that can be a sword or teeth or anything and the prostitute this with the with the cut off breast she's ripped in half so her lower half becomes these teeth and this these jaws that's one thing but what you do so she's been given this key by this guy who all right, so the, I'll, I'll get to him in a minute, but the villain has given her this key while she was injured, so she's become this thing. But then this person who has been attacked and lost both his penis and his arm and is attacked, he's, he's an undercover police officer, or he's a police officer at mm-hmm. the club. Mm-hmm. So he is then given the key. Like he's, I think I believe his head opens, and they put it into his head. Like his face like splits open and yeah. puts the key in and stuff. And so he now has this ability that he's lost one of his legs, he's lost one of his arms, and obviously he's lost his penis. So when he becomes an engineer uh, augment thing, and he's back in his mm-hmm. police uniform, and I love the design. Like again, <laughs> it's it's phenomenal. Like I, this is this is the, all this oh whole sequence. God. This whole sequence oh my is is my favorite part of the film. It makes I no agree sense. Hundred percent. I I, um, mean, I can't believe it, but yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. But he basically has a large penis cannon. Uh, a sword for an arm, and obviously he's replaced his leg, and then he just goes to he goes off to try and kill his fellow police officers on this like this rampage. But no, it's it's insane. It's absolutely it's, it barely has anything to do with the plot of the rest of the film. Yeah, that's right. It's <laughs> it's not really relevant. Uh, no, but that penis cannon, which is like this, is like a two foot long, and it's like fleshy. It's that it's that you know Cronenberg sort of stuff. Yeah, you know, and and it's like not really clear. Like, there's a protrusion underneath. Is that testicles? You know, like I mean, I don't know. But that cannon, it's moving. Like they've got uh, they've got uh, wires in there to like make mm. this thing move as as it's aiming at people and shooting them, killing them. I I mean, it's it's incredible it's so yeah. trippy and so bizarre and and it's one of these things where i love these moments in cinema where you say like i cannot believe what i'm looking at yeah but i can't look away like this is so amazing yeah well this is it i think this is the thing where it's like um that i mean that's the peak to me that that whole section is the pinnacle of this film uh, I agree. and then beyond that i start to lose interest um, because it falls back into the plot, and I find the plot yes. is what is what really disappoints me. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I would say like I say it again, all, and all this is practical, but but uh, more than anything is the use of th- this film is is both violent but sexually violent as well. Like this this film will you know again will shock. I mean you know if like Dumbo has to come with cultural trigger warnings <laughs> like this this you know. There's no, I couldn't, I will tell you now, I couldn't find this on streaming in Britain. I couldn't yeah. buy it. I couldn't That's rent, surprised. I couldn't rent it. It wasn't on streaming anywhere. I had to watch it through illicit means, through things like, you know, nothing illegal, but like I had the copy I got hold of or the way I watched it through uh, wasn't a regular 
um, means. So it's, it's, I can see why though that struggle, you know, people would struggle to find this. But like, it, yeah, it is looking to offend. It's looking to shock. Um, and but but also, I have to like I say, I applaud all the special effects. There's scenes where uh, um, there are several face dismemberments in this film, mm. facial dismemberments. Oh my god! Two, great. two of which I was in, I was stunned by. Like there's one where at the end, Ruka ends up becoming an engineer in a way, uh-huh. and she bites off a guy's face. Like the middle. I of the love film. this one. Yeah, and it, 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 the, but the, the the model work they've done on, but then the other one which made me laugh, and again I, I didn't like it because it didn't make any. I couldn't track why it was in the film at all. But Ruka has a friend, I believe, who's a bartender who runs a bar that she had, she frequents, mm, and the and yeah. the and the police attack it, possibly looking for Ruka, I think. Um, but the but instead of just go saying she's not here, the bar the woman who runs the bar attacks the police. And at one point, she basically gets a broken bottle, shoves it in a guy's face, and starts twisting oh, yeah. it. And then when she pulls it out, she blows into the bottle, <laughs> and this ch- this chunk comes out the end of it. And then it, you look to the floor, and it's this perfectly round piece of flesh that's the, the front of this guy's face. And again, I was like, the, the the artistry is what I'm impressed with. I mean, I am going like, this is insane. I have no idea what I'm watching at mm-hmm. this point. But again, I'm just really impressed with the practical effects on this. When it's not going full tilt, when you're doing, like you said, that Tarantino-esque full spray, silly levels of, the, the Sam Raimi levels of blood, I get kind of bored. Um, I'm like, yeah, all right. But when I see some of the other practical effects, it's stunning. Like, absolutely mm-hmm phenomenal um but yeah it is well, definitely keeping me on my toes that's a good one i love the one with the bottle i mean yeah. it's very uh you know sort of you know i mean kung fu hustle with horror yes. you know yes. body horror um I, I i love that moment um the face that she bites off with her you know alligator like hand thing that she's got yeah um she bites it and it's so it, it looks like it's it's just a bitten portion of the face around the eyes and it looks like a mask mm. right it looks it's like a domino a, mask yeah yeah exactly like it's a domino mask but made of flesh yeah that is one of the creepiest like things i've ever seen it's and it's so well done it looks so good yeah uh, i mean a domino mask of severed flesh yeah like I don't know. That's so amazing. Like just that phrase is so deliciously uh, wonderful. Yeah, and it is, it, that's what I'm saying. Like there are scenes in this film that I applaud, and I'm like, oh, fantastic! Like you've gone all out, you've gone crazy. And there are other things, like you know, there are. I, I want to talk about two. There's two others I really want to mention, mm-hmm. but I'll, and I'll get to those shortly. But this is still the problem where I'm basically. I'm going from scene to scene and what I'm doing is basically judging a sketch show, like a horror action sketch show and going, this section's good. This section's crap. This section's good. This section's not. And when it comes to the end and you get the plot summing up and, and and you basically get to the end and stuff like I am so I've, I've I've got so little interest and part of it is because I think I don't think the actress who plays Ruka really knows what the hell's going yeah. on. So she sort of clearly isn't very isn't great. Um, she's been in other stuff, and I assume she's been good. She's in an audition, so you know she's oh, yeah. a pretty good film. Um, but based on one of my favorite novels, uh, mm. my novelist. Yeah. 
Um, but what what sort of what I got to at the end, and I wondered if this was a Japanese trait or trope, you know, of storytelling, because it reminded me so so many things. I kept thinking of other films all the time with this, but the one that I remind the ending reminded me of was uh, a little bit, or the whole relationship between her and the the villain and the commissioner was like Ghost in the Shell. Where like, mm-hmm. oh, which I'm chasing down this thing, but by the end of it, mm-hmm. oh, he's so much like me and I could actually end up being like him or, you know, I have a relationship with the villain and it's actually the police that are the sort of, you know, I've got to fight and all this other stuff. And I was like, yeah, a bit mm-hmm. of, this feels very familiar, the setup. And so again, I was like, nothing, nothing plot-wise in this film is, if anything, the plot in this film is rote. It's boring is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, it, it, what it feels like is somebody made a list of all this cool pop culture stuff that they like. Yes. And then mashed it all together, right? Like, I want, mm. you know, I want Robocop, privatization of cops. You know, we're going to get those uh, ads in there. Uh, you know, Ghost in the Shell. You know, I mean, it just wears its influences on its sleeve. And I think. That's admirable in some way, but it, you know you're right. It, it, I don't think that it's it's kind. Of, you could say it's a love letter to all those things, but it doesn't come together as a coherent world, right? No, at never. all. But but yeah. So th- this is the problem I'd have for rewatchability, and I say that's the thing mm. with this. With this, like I've watched it once and I've gone. This kind of film where if someone was to say to me like, "What's one of the craziest things you've ever seen?" I'd be like, "Oh, have you seen that scene from Tokyo mm. Gore Police? Like, that's insane. <laughs> like, you know, that's crazy." Oh, would you recommend I watch it? Yeah, but don't buy it because there's no point yeah. rewatching it because it's never like a film you're going to go, "Oh yeah, well, I really fancied going back and sitting down and watching Tokyo Gore Police." Like, there's no rewatchability for this film other than those specific scenes. Uh, and I think that's the problem for me that I was going, you know, there's, there's not enough. When you think about the, all the other, we've talked about all the other influences in this film, you know, Verhoeven, Cronenberg, mm. Sam Raimi, or even Ghost of the Shell, or those are the creators. They're all rewatchable. Like for all the sort of like crazy blood and gore and stuff in Evil Dead 2, I still love that film. Like Bruce Campbell is great and the story is funny. And, you know, there's bits and pieces I love about the film. And I feel the same of like, I'm, the more Cronenberg I'm now watching, the more I'm going like, yeah, there's something really rewatchable about Cronenberg films, and you know, mm. but with this, like, it's just it's just the special effects. Do you know what I mean? It feels a little bit like someone in special effects has got you said has mashed all this together and gone, this will be our show reel to get other work. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can kind of see that. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um. You know, I'm trying to, you know, trying to remember. Uh, oh, I, I was going to say, yeah, I, w- I would watch this. I would watch this before I watched Army of Darkness again. Um, Ooh, I thought about that. That's a tough call. I love to, yeah. But yeah, I, I can mean, see what you say. I, yeah, all right. Mm. Like, you know, if I'm just going to go like, yeah, I'm not really going to pay much attention to the plot, you know, I mean, um, I will say like, there's a, there's a, this makes me feel a little like a kid mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i think that like i am so cerebral and and you know even my friends will tell me i, I you know like you're over analyzing you know like <laughs> i'm like well yeah but this doesn't make sense right i don't know what how that's over analyzing to think about what it is you're watching 
Um, but, you know, so normally I just like I'm, I'm a writer. So it's like watching something, you know, I'm seeing the structure you're using. You know, I see how you're setting stuff up and, you know, um, and you're much the same way, you know, uh, in terms of how you're suggesting uh, to improve these films. Um, you know, movies that are sort of violent and inventive, but in this very adult way. Mm. Um, that admit, yes, you know, not just that violence exists, but sex exists, right? We're not in this weird, like, adult version of a Disney culture where, you know, there aren't uh, kinks or something. Um, there's something about these kinds of universes that I find myself having a sort of childlike response to in the same way that, like, I'll hear somebody talk about, say, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, and they're like, you know, Dude, you know, like, it's got a living planet. I'm done, man. Like, that's the best. You know, what more can you say? What more do you want? I'm like, you know, I don't get that at all. Yeah. Uh, but with something like this, I'm like, it's got a gimp, you know, who's got, like, swords <laughs> for arms. I'm like, was, like yeah. I'm done. Like, yeah. uh, you know, or it's got a sequence where a chick's got an alligator head for, you know, her, her bottom half. Like, I'm done. Like I, I love it, and I it's and so there is a kind of childlike response in I, me. I see what you say, and I agree. Actually, and that that is a, I do sort of see that response, and there was, <laughs> and I get with the scenes. You know, it's one of those things, and and again, I I you know this film just see one of the things, and maybe it's the problem with this film is like it triggered so many other thoughts in my head about other things. But you're right, and the, the um, I wanted to talk about the fact that they clearly used, um, yeah, and is it, I'm, I'm assuming they used an amputee for. Um, that that gimp character that's got basically sort of like metal caps on their sort of um, amputated arms and legs, and then sort of scuttling around, and then they make that look incredibly um, effective with the commissioner, and then they put blades on the at the ends of those mm. those metal caps. And there was a film I watched. Uh, sorry, film. There's a game I played uh, on PlayStation Two called The Suffering. Which is basically you play a character in a, in a prison. There's a, a, a stuck a there's an earthquake, and then basically these creatures from hell come out, and it's all dark. And one of them is much like that. Is this thing that has just uh, blades for arms and legs, and you hear this like ting 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 ting. So when I saw it on this, I was like, "This is amazing! Like this is so cool! This is exactly what I've been thinking about." So there's there are scenes like that that I'm like, "Oh!" And it made me think again of like Stuart Gordon who made. Reanimator, the, the you know, and mm. and uh, Brian Usner, the those when they paired up, and I'm you know, like, have you ever seen Society? Um, it's not as frequent. If you've ever seen the film Society, uh, and I highly recommend it because it's a fantastic sort of like body horror film. There's an there's a sort of an orgy at the end of that where the 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 people at the orgy their bodies start to meld together, and there's all like their body they become like almost like a goo liquid thing. It's it's really well done. Um. But again, like you say, you're right. There's those moments in cinema where you're just like, "What is going on? Like, what are my eyeballs seeing?" <laughs> um, and I, I, so I do appreciate. And maybe I came into this film wrong, and that was the thing I didn't know enough. I came into this film. I liked it as a grindhouse film, mm-hmm. and I, I did see it as, as a grindhouse film in that way. Um, and I think maybe I'm enjoying the violence and the gore and some of that stuff. I think it's the sense of humor of this film. I didn't work for me in in all the things, and sometimes jokes just go on. 
or like the scenes where the blood sprays and I'm like, again, bad editing where I'm like, someone in the editing room should be like, okay, this has gone on for 15 seconds longer than needed. Can we stop it? You know, sort of thing. Um, but generally, I, 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 I think it's funny, right? Exactly. I mean, and it's not, but it's not tickling yeah. my, it's not tickling my yeah. funny bone, but it could be working for others. Um, so well, yeah, and I, I think that, that is, it's like Kill Bill inspired, right? Yeah. Well, well, this came before Kill Bill, didn't it? Or did it? I don't know. But also, it's it's very much in in line with because Kill Bill was influenced by those seventies, uh, right. um, you know, sixties and seventies martial arts and gangster films from Japan this, and stuff. So this is five years after Kill Bill Volume. Oh, 1. okay. Well, yeah. and I definitely, I definitely felt like the Tarantino influence, uh, you know, in a lot of this. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. The pacing is messed up. Um, yeah, I mean that uh, that Gimp character is uh, fascinating. I mean, the I love the design, right? <laughs> like, I love the design, even when she's just she's treated as a pet, like it's almost. It's a he. It's a he. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm. Treated as a pet, like semi sentient, right? Like the police commissioner, like and so among the things that don't make sense in the movie, uh, the main character. Uh, Ruka has been summoned back to the police station from the bar and arrives. And if you haven't seen the film, the police station is an abandoned level of a parking garage. <laughs> like, yeah. There's not a single desk. There's not, you know, no. like, it's clear they just couldn't rent a police station. It is the weirdest thing. Like you could see that in an anime, right? Like, you mm. know, where you're just like, why are they doing this? But I wouldn't like it in an anime. But, you know, I don't like it here. It, it's so she comes back and she sees this menacing man with this gimp uh character who's you know in chains and you know you um it's really stunning design and you think they're about to fight and then it's revealed oh no this is a surprise party for her yeah which okay that's fine but how does she not apparently recognize anybody um and then, so obviously, the, this gimp gets the the swords and has the sort of like sword spider thing you're talking about, the nightmare fuel thing. And then at the end, gets machine guns for uh, attached to the legs, which you know is probably Rodriguez. Rodriguez, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, influence. And also, this director worked previously on Machine Girl. Which oh was, yes, uh, yes. So like, but I love the idea of the spider person with uh you know machine guns for legs like i mean i'm just i'm sold on that stuff yeah there is there's there is so much there's like there's like scenes at work but like you say there's just some scenes that sort of um and i wonder if sometimes like the like you said the budget doesn't work um the lack of budget sort of really does affect it because there's another scene where like a guy he finds a bit of broken biro um, and draws a syringe. She says, oh, I'm really, I'm so exhausted. I wish I could mm. do some speed. I mean, he, <laughs> he draws a syringe with a biro on his arm and then basically acts like he's high. And then that that's just it. Like, it never seems to come back. It never seems to make, it never impacts anything that I can think of. And I was just like, wow, that was weird. Like, I don't, that, that it, it just, just a guy on his own in a parking lot that was just sort of like, it's, yeah, it's bizarre. Um, but yeah, you're right. But I like the fact that like the gimp clearly is just part and parcel of the police force. Like she knows it mm. exists. Like she's not shocked by it. She's just like, oh, it's just the commissioner and his his 
his, his, <laughs> gimp, his gimp pet. Like, it's bizarre. Um, but the other thing is, like you say, how shocking it is, later on, uh, when the, the commissioner knows that he's been found out for because he was the one that orchestrated, because uh, you find that Ruka's father was pro- the protest was against the privatization of the police force. That was why he was killed because he was almost like the last thing that was stopping them from privatizing the police. And the commissioner was behind the assassinations and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's found out, but then he gets the gimp to come over, he takes the gimp's mask off. And then the gimp goes down on him. And at mm, that point, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, and this will cut away. Nope. It's sort of like, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't show anything, but it goes to him. Basically, no, enjoyed enjoying mm. the act at the desk. And I'm just like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm feeling really uncomfortable. Like, this didn't need to be in it, but fair enough. Um, yeah. This... I like that. I like that uncomfort, uh, that feeling of discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things, I mean, I realized my sense of humor, you know, we have a similar sense of humor. Mm. My sense of humor and my, a lot of my enjoyment of art is based on making people feel uncomfortable. Mm. Uh, And I think I'm a very easygoing, likable guy in real life, (laughs) but like my humor is all like making the audience wrestle with their homophobia in real time and watching the nervous laughter as nobody knows what to do. Right. (laughs) Things like that. Um, and so I, I really dig, you know, it's not the only thing I look for in art, but I do, there's a part of me that does sort of say, oh, right, I feel challenged by this. Good. That's a mm. good thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there, there are scenes where I am a bit like, I, I mean, maybe I'm I'm more of a prude than I thought, but there's that, there are <laughs> scenes where I'm like, I'm like, this seems to be going on for too long. Like it's, you know, it's like, mm. it's like that thing of like telling a joke or like, you know, that they go, oh, it's, 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 it was funny, but now it's sort of like it's not. We need to do the next thing, and again, but that might be other people will find it really funny, and and the uncomfortable, the uncomfortableness is part of that thing, the nervous laughter, and seeing mm-hmm. how people react to it. Um, so well, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it could this be. is often the difference between horror and comedy, right? You know, mm. it's horrible, mm. but if you go on long enough, it's just bizarre, right? I mean, like our bodies are bizarre, you know. Mm. And I mean, if you cut off somebody's hand and they're screaming, it's terrible. You show the close up; it's a horrible, you know, shot that's designed to upset you. But if you just focus on that stump spouting blood for two minutes, an extreme close up people will start laughing uh, because they don't know how else to respond. And it should, it's upsetting on a different existential kind of level. Um, and I love those. I love, I kind of love that, that thing. You know, some of the, some of the funniest jokes are, are just somebody makes a joke and just holds it too long. You know? <laughs> and then you know, I don't know. Um, no, I agree. Cause I, I like one of the things I find funny is, in parody or in those co- those horror comedies or whatever comedies is where often and this is what I'm saying often a scene will end and you go like oh so they've had the action they've done the thing and then you just and then the next scene is them at the police station or doing the next thing but then in a, in you know the parody or the comedy it holds on and someone awkwardly says like well what do we do now like you know <laughs> this thing's now happened like do we do we do we tidy this up is this I don't know what's supposed to happen here. Like, you know, literally calling out the films for saying like, well, you've never shown us how this Mm -hmm. happens. So yeah, I I see that 
Um, again, though, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's as effective as I think it thinks it is at times, for me yeah. at least. Um, well, I, I mean, look, I, this is a wildly uneven movie. Mm. And, you know, I, I I do sort of like I, I have to. Another thing that I like is taking the privatized police department one step further, and you know, having it be like I love these designs of their uniforms. I do. Like, I really know, do. I love I mean, the designs. Yeah. And, and they're allowed to be just like eccentric and, you know, and then taking the take beating for Hoven at his own game and having like once the cops are attacked by the the former officer with the uh, the, the penis growth mm. murdering device, uh, they're just like, all right, it's all at war on the engineers and we don't care who's what civilians you kill. Right. You just have like carte blanche. And so you have this big sequence of just cops brutalizing people many of them are just civilians and they, at one point yeah i mean they're running people down and blood is spa- splashing in copious amounts on their windshield which i quite like there's a a car that's equipped with swords that come out of the side to cut people in half as they're running away um and then they draw and quarter the the, the bartender the yeah, bar. yeah. <laughs> like, holy like yeah i, I it could be shot better. All of that could be, you know, acted and shot better. But I love this sort of like cop rampage. <laughs> See, that's I, 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 this is where I think we are going to differ because that was the other scene. So we talked about the the mm-hmm. um, the gimp with the blades. That is awesome. This was one of those scenes where I was like, this one is not working for me. Like the bit with the cast kind of works. Where like because it's 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 what I thought what I actually really like is it's not a car that has swords it's just a cop just puts his samurai sword out the window <laughs> I didn't and, catch that and he's holding it and I was like all right yeah. I'm kind of like that bit's funny like that's that's actually kind of well done but then it goes when it's them killing people in the street like they have them kneel down and they're shooting them and they're cutting their throats and and. And then there's one bit where one cops, like one one of the police, is laughing, and he's got his two corpses sat next to him, and other stuff. It it it's that thing, you know. You see, all right, if you hold it too long, you know, this bit just feels mean to yeah, me. It does, but like not in a. It's too, it's too over the top. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah it, this is why I was would like anyone support this police department. Why would they? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. No. Yeah, no, 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 but not just that. Not that it, not that it feels mean. In, I mean, it feels mean in the film. Like it clearly is very mm-hmm. mean. But it feels. Or let, let's say this section of the film where where things have been over the top and yeah. silly in in the in the other bits, and we can sort of like even you even the bits like with that with the um, the nightclub scene when you're a bit like Jesus, this is this is like hard to watch but like it, it's coming across as um there's something there there's like a satire or there's a humor or there's something you can watch it and go like yeah okay i get what's going on this whole thing with the police brutalizing people just feels mean-spirited like mm-hmm. on every level and so I, yeah i was sat there going like i don't like this and this is the point where i'm starting to really lose my thread with this film because this it doesn't really it doesn't really make a whole heap of sense, but it's not also it's not funny and it's not it's over the top, but like it's not. You know what I was saying? Like you know when you watch a sketch show, you know you can watch SNL or whatever it is. One sketch is funny, the next one isn't, and mm-hmm. the next you know like there's always something for everyone. This feels like 
don't worry, a funny sketch is coming after, but this bit's crap. Um, sort of like that to me, that's how it felt. And that's where I was like, oh, this bit's really going on too long. I don't like it. It doesn't make any sense. It's not funny. It's not satire. It's just mean. And that's when it kind of lost me a little bit in in that part of the film. It is. It's kind of sadistic. I mean, I will say two things about it, you know, and, and, you know, I think, I don't think we're that far apart, but I I will say two things about it. One is that it it is too over the top. Mm-hmm. With the cops like laughing and having so much fun, like you know, uh, murdering people um, in mildly creative ways, um, and I think that structurally, what's going on there is that the cops were the good guys before, but at this point, the cops are the bad guys, and so the movie magically turns them into like a parody of Nazis who love to murder people. Um, which you is funny, but, but but yeah, but they've been that throughout the film, but in a comedy way, you know. Yeah, like, you, you've had like um, your Nazi st- starship trooper kind of things going on. Oh but yeah, th- but this is where they. But you've already, but you've already seen the adverts of them like shooting people like at the beginning of the film, so it's already told me that they're the bad guys because that they are by telling you that they're privatized mm. and they've done it. They always tells me the bad guys and that Ruka is a part of this bad group, but it sort of just pushes it. So I don't know. It, it's lost a bit of the subtlety that actually I think exists in some parts of the film. Mm-hmm. This part just is just a hammer blow that wasn't needed in the slightest. Yeah. Well, I mean, imagine if, you know, I mean, Starship Troopers has some of that and they talk about killing their own guys, you know, mm. as sort of, casually but imagine if like you know yeah if it went this route you you you'd feel a little different right Hmm. you'd say like yes we all know you're the bad guys but you know this is it just feels so over the top with the the maniacal laughing i could live with that um i do i do think it's that they're the bad guys so now they're the super bad guys right yeah i mean they were bad guys in the sense that Judge Dredd is the bad guy, right? You exactly. Know? Yeah. Now that, that... they're just the bad guys. Yeah, this is like this is like if Dredd came out and just started curb stomping like every citizen for no reason. Like you know, like, right, oh no, we... like to read. Yeah. Well, that was a re- that may have, that's probably closer to John Wagner's original idea. But yeah. It it, it it it's that thing of like you go, I get the point. Like I got mm. the point three scenes ago. You don't have to keep doing this, you know, sort of um well, I, I'm not bothered by that personally. What I would what I would complain about is that it should be if the if it's just sadistic and it's their creative destruction around town as they're let loose and all these you know cop energies you know that they joined for these horrible reasons is let loose. They should be a little more creative with it, and you know, like let's have some close ups of them slitting you know people's yeah. necks and stuff. And it doesn't really do that. It's more focused on them laughing as they're shooting people. And, you know, like they're drawn and quartering this woman. They're in cars. They're not watching her be torn apart. Mm. Um, You know, I think that we could have had more close-ups and more disgusting shots, you know, in a movie that is willing to go there. I was surprised that it didn't disturb us as much except through them enjoying it. Yes. Um, But, yeah. But the thing is, it's that thing of enjoying it. One of the things I say it's being spirited. If it felt like a mission, if it felt like a 
you know, we don't know who in it, who could be an engineer. Mm. So you've got to, we've got to start being brutal towards certain kinds of people. But when they are, when they are dismembering the, 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 the woman who owns the bar, like they're drinking, they're eating. It's a party. Mm. It's become a party. And, and that's sort of what felt like it was a total mess, but like that felt really out of place. <laughs> Cause the other, the other thing as well, during this, this weird montage is a, is a fee, another female, police officer i think she's a female police officer i don't know if it's a film or an advert i have no clue but there's a film where she comes out and she's got like a, a spear mm. with a blade on the end of it and she finds an engineer that then sprays acid out of her, mm-hmm. her, her breast like she's got a, a, yeah which it, 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 you yeah. know and then she melts her with this acid stuff and that's kind of cool that's well done like they have that skeleton sort of you know sort of like mm. staggering towards the 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 camera and stuff and so again, I'm like, all right, that's back to being ridiculous. We're back, we're back mm-hmm. in in you know over the top gore and and stuff. I'm, we're back to what we want to do. Um, I don't think it. I don't. I don't know who that character is because you've never met her before. And uh, it's in a completely. It's it's in a like a, a like a different, not just a tonally different. Like it's coloured different <laughs> to the rest mm-hmm. of the film. I didn't know if it was supposed to be an advert or a, or a I film. Think I, I had the same thought. I think it's another advert, but right. it's 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 not clear. I had no. the same reaction. Yeah. So yeah, that that um th- th- yeah, all of this. I mean, this is like Gonzo cinema, isn't it? This is mm-hmm. you know um, Gonzo grindhouse kind of cinema that I don't think. I don't know. Maybe I missed the point, but it—it it, I don't think we make it in the West as much anymore. Like you had like Troma that did this kind of thing in the eighties mm-hmm. and nineties, um, and it just doesn't seem to exist anymore. Um, well, and and even though you know, I I really kind of hate Death Proof. Uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of what. Tarantino and Rodriguez tried to do with oh uh, yeah no yeah, yeah. Grind, I don't, the grindhouse yeah, double I, I agree not I don't uh, think they I don't think they're great films either of them but I appreciate it. I think the trailers in some parts are the best I mean, mm, Machete yeah. is is you know at least like the, first, the first Machete film is actually pretty good the yeah. the, the second one yeah. not so good but yeah, um I agree I, I there was they that sparked a bit of this like there was almost mm-hmm. we got this because there was a film was it Hobo with a shotgun and oh, yeah. Um, there was a couple of films like this, like Wolf Cop and some others that mm. sort of started it. And then they sort of died out again. But it's, I think it's a shame we don't get every now and then this sort of like spike of like gonzo cinema. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, there's still some of it happening, uh, you know, around the world. I mean, don't don't forget, what is the one with uh, Elvis and John F. Kennedy fighting? Uh... Oh, Bob Hotep. Yeah, Bubba Holtet, which is you know, great. That's, fun, you know? that's phenomenal, that uh, film is. Yeah, yeah. And we, we both like, even before that, uh, like the, the original Dust Till Dawn, mm-hmm. you know, which is so grindhouse. I mean, I love this stuff. This is mm. like, I, I can watch these movies all day. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree there's things that are that are not as good here. There's It's a tonal mess. The acting isn't great. There's a lot of shots that, you know, I mean, this needs re-editing for sure oh uh, yeah. i don't know what a police station is in a parking <laughs> garage but you know the stuff like that that is bad right yeah but uh but it is so grindhouse and i really love it's over the top you know exploitation you know style yeah. i think i think the thing you know and i like you say i like the films and you know 
I was I I I got to thinking about those some of those films, but the other one I've, obviously I I like and I talk about is is Killer Clowns from Outer Space, mm-hmm. which again it has the the ending of that film is is an incoher- incoherent mess, but has great special effects, you know, uh, like model effects and some other good great pieces in it. It was made by two special effects guys, and so you have a similar thing there where. That film charmed me because it taps into a, you know, like a fifties, uh, an eighties version of that fifties movie, like you know, that mm-hmm. uh, you know, what's it from outer space kind of sort of thing. So you get that double j- jab of nostalgia, and that's a western thing. Like that's because I watched western cinemas, raised on those kind of things, and I do wonder if if I had if I had more of an education and more of an exposure to. Um, anime and other sort of Japanese gonzo cinema. There's several films that I've been told to watch. There's one called House that I've been I've been told is is you know really good. And there's a couple of others. Um, I, maybe I would come to this film in a different in a different way. Um, you know, maybe I'm coming out and going like, okay, I'm I'm culturally off off kilter with this because of of I don't have the education like maybe this isn't an entry level kind of film that we should be mm. you know there's like oh before you watch Tokyo Gore Police you should probably watch this this and this and then get to that you know what I mean like um and and I, I sometimes think that can be the case um but there's still some there is still some good stuff here yeah i mean i you know all i can say is i mean i I am a sucker for violent, messed up Japanese movies. <laughs> and and I have watched a lot of them. Mm. Um, you know, uh, a lot of them are, are not great. A lot of them are messes. Uh, you know, I, I, I adore. Uh, I mean, I couldn't get through that vampire one, but I adore Cyan Sono's uh, stuff. I love his rage as a director. Uh, Suicide Club is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, doesn't make sense. It, doesn't, it does not make sense. Um, but it catches something. That's the deeper film than this. I mean, it catches mm. something about the zeitgeist and about Japan and um, all of that, that this does not. This is much more of that sort of gonzo grindhouse thing. Um, but I, I don't know that you're missing anything. I don't know that. I think that this is the thing that we do where we second guess ourselves and mm. think that like, well, if maybe if I approach it from this lens, you know, maybe I'm biased in this way. I don't think you are. I mean, I think you're, you're seeing it correctly. Um, and it's, what's interesting to me is that I think I'm weird that I like this stuff and I, but you have those same buttons in your brain. It's just that, you know, I'm sure that I'll ultimately rank this film higher than you do. But, um, we like the same scenes. We basically mm. agree on even like those cop reactions, you know, uh, preferring the katana to the, you know, to the drawn and quartered, you know. Um, it's amazing how on par we are. And yet I feel like, uh, I don't know, I'm a little more of an easy sell. On- yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's that thing of taking the parts to enjoy the whole you know, like you're saying, oh, it's good. I can I can enjoy these parts and just enjoy those parts and go. Ah, okay, well, I'm enjoying the highs are. High. I think the highs are higher for mm-hmm. you. Um, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. whilst I enjoy those, it, it it 
results is the lows are lower for me as well. I think like that, that wavelength is just slightly off. Um, I agree. But it, it's, it is interesting how this film works. Um because you know, we, recently we we obviously covered Battle Royale as well, which is a low budget mm-hmm. Japanese film, um, and has some incredibly violent moments in it. And and um, but like and again, I was we we were slightly just slightly off on that as well. However, I was a Battle Royale mm. has a theme and you know hit certain points both sort of like emotionally as well as sort of like you know uh, viscerally that I think this film wishes it could get to. Now, this film shocks on a different level altogether. However, there's still, I would still say, like, you know, but there are scenes in Battle Royale that are just as shocking in a very different way. Um, but it, it, it achieves something. Like, Battle Royale is clearly a better-made film mm-hmm. than this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's one of those where I think if you, if you took this and re-edited it and you know, did tidied it up. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't reach it wouldn't reach Battle Royale levels. But like I think you think, yeah, would it would it be a better film? You know, could you polish this and make it a better film? Well I think I, I think it's interesting how we judge films. Mm. And you know, I do think that I tend to be biased toward those peaks, to those great moments. It's sort of why I, I prefer personally Miracle Man to Watchmen. I mean, mm. Watchmen is much more consistent. Miracle Man has some low lows, and, mm-hmm. but it's got highs that nothing else can touch, you know. Um, and I feel like, um, you know, uh, but I feel like a lot of the movies that I like, I mean, I think when you, I think partly what I'm conscious of, and, and it's not that I don't expect want movies, I agree with you about Battle Royale being better. It's not that I don't expect movies to have, to be consistent and to, you know, it's, it's, I think part of it is that like, uh, I am very conscious of how inconsistent other movies are. I think like, you know, Blade Runner is wildly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's got people remember those highs, but it's astounding how much of that movie nobody remembers. Mm. Um, and then I think about things like, I found myself thinking of John Wick as you were talking and there has been, I think of that. And I think it's a better movie Fury road. Um, these sorts of movies that are very one note um, that get praised. And to me, I remember watching John wick for the first time, the first one, the good one, and maybe about half, half uh, an hour into it going, Oh, it's nothing but this, is it? Yeah. (laughs) Like there is no plot. There is no character whatsoever. A guy who's angry getting to express that is not a character, right? Mm. Like, this is more cardboard than any role Clint Eastwood ever played, and that's saying something. Mm. Um, and that's part of its charm. And Now, that is very slick. It's not doing anything else. It's a coherent world. It's very slick. It's very high-budget looking. Um, you know, this uh, this is very inconsistent. It's very low-budget. But... I can kind of have um, like a, a trigger that goes off in my brain where I'm just like, oh, it just wants to be judged as this grindhouse kind of thing. And and even its ideas, quote unquote, are that's just a riff on RoboCop. Like, that's not a real idea. That's not. A no, story. exactly. And that, that's one of the things you write and you're definitely right about, like John Wick and, and Fury Road. And I, I, I 
love Fury Road more than I think I like Fury Road way more than John Wick. Um, and I think John George Miller definitely has that sort of that Gonzo style where you'll see something and go like, "What are they doing? Like, how? Why do they do this?" <laughs> but like you know, um, but one of the things I I, I mentioned about trauma films, mm. and I think there's there's a moment in your, um, for me, that's what it makes me There's a moment for me in my uh, cinematic education or my cinematic sort of history where. I was of an age where I was watching things like, you know, um, Toxic Avenger and <clears throat> Samurai Carp, uh, that's what's it called, the um, Kabuki Carp and all those other ones that sort of like Troma, that Troma did, Tromeo and Juliet and, and you know, Hell, um, Newcomb High, all those crazy, terribly made films. But I was watching those in my teenage years and I'm, I was eating that stuff up because it felt uh, illicit. It felt... You know, like, oh, I'm seeing something from a, you know, the darker corners of cinema. Like, you're not supposed to see this stuff. Like, you know, <clears throat> and so I was eating that stuff up at that point, well, in sort of like probably my early 20s. And then, yeah. And then, so I think that with this film, I, or maybe that's just where I am now, where I'm sort of watching films and going, yeah, I want to see something that, that, that holds together. And I am, I will praise certain parts of this film. And I have done, I, I think there are parts of this film that are incredible. But if I'd have watched this film when I was 16 to 20, this would probably be <laughs> up there on those lists of films because I was coming out from a different sensibility where I was probably could be like, he just bit his face off and then it bled one hour. Like, that's <laughs> mental. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I wouldn't know what to do with this film if I'd have watched this, um, yeah, 20 years ago. Um, <clears throat> and so that's, that's I think, is, is, a, is a part of it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's not saying this film is terrible. Like, I think there are some fantastic moments in this, but I think you know, as a whole, I think it's sort of like it, it doesn't quite work for me in the same way that other films have, um, of a similar of a similar kind. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that's totally fair. Um, and I I, I know we're running out of time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would just say like on the on the on the one hand. This is not a good movie, right? Like it does not have a vision. Yeah. It, you know, neither of us think it's well acted or, you know, has gripping characters or, you know, coherent idea. I mean, you know, it, it's a mess. Mm. Um, you know, on most of the ways that we judge movies, this is not a good movie. On the other hand, uh, it has scenes that I think. Uh, every man, woman, and child should be forced to watch, preferably <laughs> with their Ludovico, you know, uh, uh, things in their eyes. Clock orange style, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling and, and, and so cool and so so awesome. And yet, yeah, I mean, it, it, it fails as a movie in certain key respect. It's one of those where I think... Um... Yeah, if, if I would say it's homework because you can enjoy this film. But um, it's one of those where I think, like you know, it you see, it carries its its um, influences on its sleeve. So if I was going to recommend, you know, go, oh, I want to watch something Cronenbergian, but like, oh, go watch Cronenberg, go watch uh, Videodrome, go watch, um, you know, uh, The Fly, go watch one of those if that's what you're looking for. Like you know, but if you if you sort of want to be, if you want to watch something that's that's ridiculous and going to push some buttons and actually, you know, may offend you in some crazy way. All right, 
give this a go. But it's, yeah, it's... But the problem I have, and I'll frame it, this is my final thoughts. The problem I have is because some of these are so terrible, some of the parts of this are really, really bug me and really are, you know, the meanness of that police... Uh, rampage and how bad some of the acting is and some of the editing on some of the fights is so distracting like power rangers level bad um and stuff like that um however that whole section with that nightclub scene could mm. be lift could be you know up to the, the 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 girls dancing on the stage up to the guy being attacked oh no up to him then going back and and shooting up the police station and everything that everything in that section could be lifted whole wholly out of this film and you could mm-hmm. like just watch that that's it you just need to watch that it's about probably about 10 minutes long if that probably yeah probably about 10 to 12 minutes just watch that that's all you need to know that's the best part of this film it works as a as a it works as a cohesive sort of like weird um short film maybe mm-hmm. But like that bit just works for me um, as the as the as the best part of this film. So that I'd hold on to that. Anyway, yes, go on. Any any final thoughts for you, Julian? Well, I like that idea. I think this would be like an amazing sixty minute film that you just don't take that seriously, but are just gonzo by. Um, and, I, and I like what you said about uh, trauma. I, if this is if I had seen this at fourteen or sixteen, I would have said. This is what I want to do with the rest of my life. I want to make this like this. Is, I'm done. I know yeah. the meaning of life. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. I, I can see that. And I think this is one of those things of like, you know, you watch illicit films when you're a kid, the sort of the films you're not supposed to watch. This, this is, I can see this being on that list, right? Yeah. You're going to watch the Toxic Avenger. If you're going to work through, you're going to watch, um, you know, Faces of Death or whatever, whatever it's called. And you're going to watch something like Tokyo Gore Police. And as a teenager, you're going to go, these are insane. And, you know, wow. I didn't realize you could get away with this kind of thing. Um, you know, and so, yeah, it, it's it's there. And it'll act as that. <laughs> I know what you're saying, but it's not going to win any awards. It's, you know, it's not going to win any awards. Um, so anyway, that is... Uh, Tokyo Gore Police. I think we, you know, it's doing well. Oh yeah, go find it. It's, it's, it's in, you know, it's on. I watched it on uh, Tubi. Actually, was it called Tubi? Yeah, mm, Tubi, yeah, on, so like yeah, tube. Yeah. yeah. So I found it on 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 there, and, and it, it it was it was good. Um, right next to all their children's programming, <laughs> they've got so many like children's stuff. It's just like weird, bad movies that are like. I see why you got the license to this. This is like a B movie, family friendly B movie from like the nineties, you know. I, I, because I, it's free um, to watch and stuff. So I have got that. My wish list on that. My to watch list started to expand, and some of the stuff in there is 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 awful, awful programs. I was like, I know this is bad, <laughs> but I I kind of want to see this. Um, okay. Anyway, we are progressing, and we are. This is not, you know, we've done. We we do look at uh, a, a Europe a foreign film uh, mini run at the moment, um, so we are we've done relatively tele- recent uh, foreign yeah too. yeah and they're good. So we we did Time Crimes, which was Spanish. We've now done Tokyo Gore Police, which is Japanese. So the next episode is going to be 
uh, hard to be a god, which I believe is, are those Italian? Russian. Russian. It's Russian. So Russian. So, yeah. So we are really... The second Russian film. Yes. We've done multiple Japanese films. We've done two Spanish. We've done two Spanish films. Um, maybe it's worth putting up. Like we should do a little map of all the places we've. we've I I can can tell you, Tokyo Gore Police is our fifth Japanese film. Wow. Um, Yeah. So, and uh, yeah, so we've done five Japanese, uh, three French, Mm. two Russian, and two Spanish. I'm guessing that you've introduced most of those. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, well, the Godzilla ones have been sort of mutual. Yes. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think the rest are all all me. I think Godzilla ones uh, were you. Yes, I'll have to. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna step up my game. I think for next uh, next season, we'll see if I can introduce some foreign films. Um, anyway, yes. So. Next is a Russian film. We're back to Russia, and we're going to be in Hard to Be a God from 2013. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be an interesting one. Uh, but, yeah, just to know, so we've got beyond that, we're coming to the end of the season, actually. We, oh, yeah, beyond, that, beyond that, we've got Blade Runner 2049 and Possessor. So, really, we've got three films left in season four. So, we are ploughing through these. So, ladies and gentlemen, anyway, if you've enjoyed this film, if you thought Tokyo Gore Police is a masterpiece and we have been wrong in our criticism of this film, or or if you've been able to watch it and you were sick in a bucket while you were sat there watching it, uh, I want to know. Let us know. Reach out, find us at Pod Time Space, or even better, come and talk to us directly on our Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash 20CG Media. Uh, and there's almost kinds of bits and pieces on there. We've got uh, Trekking Through the Twilight Zone. He's coming well into the third season uh, and beyond. I do 30-minute thoughts and a, a, a series of other podcasts on there. And we are doing now patron-exclusive uh, adjunct uh, episode material. We've done... Um, what have we done? We've Hitchhi- done uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the, the Galaxy. The, the BBC Battle- miniseries. Yeah, Battle Royale uh, 2. Battle Royale 2. Requiem. Um, yeah. Transformers, Transformers, the animated the original series. three episodes, uh, yeah, from the uh, nineteen eighty four animation. Yeah. And I am sure that you know as we go forward. Oh, and for Blade Runner twenty fourteen, we have lined up is the uh, the shorts they did to fill the gaps mm. between Blade Runner twenty Blade Runner twenty forty nine. So we will be doing this all. So go check out the Patreon for more of Julian and I uh, doing uh, stories out of time and space. Anyway, for now, Julian, as always, it's been an absolute delight talking. About Tokyo Gore Police, um, uh, probably more fun talking about it than watching it. Maybe we'll see. We'll see how I feel about that when we come to the true. review. Yeah, I, I, I will just live forever as the man who forced you to watch a penis being bitten <laughs> off and spit out of somebody's mouth. Uh, I'm done. Yeah, my, my no, life. I think I think the podcast is the podcast is over. We're done. <laughs> Moving on. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, and we shall see you on the next episode.